0: Hey, what's up? This is Cubebox, your audio engineer, artist, producer, thing, whatever, podcast host, whatever. Anyways, it's been almost, I think, 11 months since I've done a podcast episode. Now, that is quite a long time, but it's, you know, I've had life happen. And life happens for everybody. So I can't really blame myself for that, but I'm back and for a big, big reason, I have had a spark of inspiration to start working on different things, like different platforms, rather than just being a producer. Um, I started doing more stuff with my YouTube channel, and now I'm back doing podcasts. I love. I want to do more um, artist interviews, album reviews, stuff like that. We'll see how the ball rolls once I get it rolling. Um, but... The reason why I'm here now is because WhatUpRG just dropped his new album, New Hollywood. Now, I'll get into that here in a minute and the history about it. Um, But anyways, thank you for listening. And this is the Note Extractions Podcast. Today is September 30th, 2022. This is the official drop date for What Up RG's New Hollywood. He did drop two singles beforehand, Praise and then Kids. Um, I don't remember when those came out, but those are the two leading singles. Um, And if you remember from those drops, Kids had, I guess, zero features according to its credits. But uh, Praise, uh, the first single, I want to say, had, I want to say, 10 features like listed features. Um, and the features include, well, it wasn't 10, it's actually nine, but includes What Up RG, Foggy Raw, Ty Brazel, Paris Cariz, Not Clyde, 1K Few, No Big Deal, Aha Gazelle, 350, and Caleb Mitchell. Those were the two leading singles of this project. Now, it has been three years since his uh, last project, Raul, came out, which was 2019. I don't remember the date when it came out, but it's been three years. 2019 is when that came out. Um, he's been teasing this project for about three years now. Um, but I remember way back when I want to say it was 2020, um, either uh, something was corrupted. Now, it may be his hard driver's computer or both. They I want to say either got stolen or destroyed. Some Something about that. Um, and he had uh, something to say about that. It's been... A long time since then, so I don't clearly remember what happened. And I have not done my research on it. But there was a delay to New Hollywood's release initially. That's why I have, it's taken so long to come to fruition finally. But we're here. We're here and it's, well, now for me, it's uh, October 1st, uh, 2022. And it's here. Uh, it's, uh, it's just made its first 24 hours uh, in availability. So uh, I've listened to it twice. I listened to it uh, twice and made a review for it. And I guess here's where we're going to go into the normal review. Now, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into the album. So this is New Hollywood. We're going to start with track one, New. Um, You know, I'm a really big fan of good intros. Intros, the first track of an album, always matters to me. If I'm listening chronologically, you got to have a good starter. Um, And this was a really good intro. I really love the lush and spacious production the sounds happening um, with the pitched vocals uh, that come in. Something about it is really nice. It's very resemblant of, say, Nike's from Frank Ocean on Blonde. I really love the pitched vocals. I feel like they have meaning to it sometimes when you pitch your vocals some type of way. Now, again, that's that's an intro. There's nothing intrinsically valued for it. There's no lyrical content. Sure, it's per, it's setting the stage, setting, setting the vibe. It's uh, setting emotion for the project. It's starting it off. This is what you're being introduced to. This is what you're being welcomed to. These are the front gates, what you're seeing. This is the front door that you're about to peep through. Um, but it's short. I mean, it's only about a minute long, I want to say, so. For an intro, it was really good. I appreciated that. But we move right into Kids, which is, like I said before, a leading single. Um, I personally did not like the song. Uh, it was definitely Donda-style production and definitely Mike Dean-inspired when it came to the um, guitar synths plus the bass uh, happening there, especially the Reese bass. He's known for doing that. I could easily tell it was very Mike Dean inspired production and I feel like the 808 pattern was very boring very bland and the lyrics reflected that in the flow um, it felt uninspired it felt kind of lackluster um, and that word I'll be using quite a bit but for I mean you know I also had to give him credit just because this was also a uh, a Leading single I wondered how this was going to be used In the actual project And same with praise And I'll get to that later But kids I didn't really I didn't really like Now if we go to the next track MySpace Which is It's not conjoined together To like the uh, Website MySpace It's MySpace Already man Kind of a letdown I mean It's got Extremely corny bars The The chorus has a very uh, stereotypical CHH rapper trope. Tell the devil get back because uh, I need my space. Kind of almost like you know, I'm uh, I'm am fighting demons. I'm uh, I'm like the devil can talk to the hand. I mean I'm killing Satan. Uh, or whatever, doing something to Satan or the devil just seems to be very uh, oversaturated in today's world, 2022 in the Christian hip hop space. I find it boring, I find it annoying. In fact, I find it offensive at some points, depending on how it's used. Um, Kind of, it feels like filler space. Um, He opens up about the demons, the quote unquote demons he's been through. And again, it's another thing that, you know, what every Christian rapper does to set the stage. I came from this, but because I believe in God, here's where I am now, which every single Christian in the world can relate to that. Or at least most Christians. Um, At what point do... uh, At what point in an artist's career do you need ad-libs from Not Clyde? Now, I don't have anything against Not Clyde, although I think his music is corny. The most... Awkward part about not Clyde is his ad libs because it sounds like not only is he moaning in the mic, he tries to do it with some sort of swagger and it never executes properly. Um, his ad libs make me uncomfortable, and I'm sure there's a lot of other people, and there have been people I've talked to where it's the same sentiment. It's just uncomfortable, it just sounds weird and corny. Uh, it definitely. Sure, it's unique, I'll give him that. Because he's being himself, but that is that is just so awkward, dude. I cannot get behind his ad libs. But what up RG recruited him for ad libs on this track as his feature. Um uh, there's more boring flows on a stereotypical guitar beat, and again with Mike Dean inspired production. Uh even the features, and from what I know, it was not Clyde and Beam. Uh, now Beam Did great. Beam, I know, he has his hand in a lot of stuff in the music industry. He's had his hands uh, in the writing and production of um, some stuff with Andy Minio and Words Played. He's featured on a Skrillex track. He's worked with some really big people. Um, He's the GOAT when it comes to feature work. So I have to give him credit. He actually did pretty good. He showed up. Um, and did well, although um, his verse on this was pretty repetitive, two-note melody, which is something I don't really like. If you understand, if you if you know who I am, I don't like um, boring flows or low-effort melodies, um, especially when the beat just kind of rides. It gets boring, it gets repetitive, it gets annoying, and everybody does it. Every every rap, every sing rapper does that. So I want to see something better. I want to see something innovative, um, and especially the talk, 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 which he, uh, what up, RG says talk like eight times. That was really annoying. Just, just kind of a note there. It was not, was not enjoyable for me. That just got annoying. Now on to the next track, Human. Um, this was quite the switch, and we'll see this happen again. This, this song just sucked, dude. This song sucked. It was indie like band production, like guitar, uh, guitar, bass, overlay, same notes, uh, with a very basic drum kit, not hip hop inspired. This is like actual band, like grunge. Um, It's definitely, you know, really uninspired pop grunge guitar bass pairing. That was so unimpressive to me uninteresting drum pattern too, not, not engaging whatsoever, and the song does not contrast well at all with the previous songs and energy. At least there's a, there's some sort of energy there, but not on this track. It is completely out the window. I do appreciate the attempt at trying to do something like this, but it's not executed very well at all. I imagine this playing as a, as welcoming music at a youth camp, and this song could have easily been taken out and nobody would have noticed album would have still gone uh how it should have and in fact it would probably would have been better without it um and the switch up towards the end is not needed whatsoever and the feature I'm thinking or maybe it was RG going with a different vocal tone since it transferred over into more of a hip-hop sound the mixing for it was way too gritty way too distorted uh for that sort of sound and I got a weird feeling about it. It just was not, the the vibe changed, was uncomfortable, was not engaging. And if it was engaging, like I said, it was uncomfortable and unpleasant to listen to. Now if we move on to floating, uh, it's basically a 30 second guitar interlude. The only notes I really had for it was that it was just good chords. It actually was a really nice sounding guitar. Whoever played that, production behind that, good stuff. I actually felt I felt something with this, but that goes right into the next track, Melatonin. It uses and samples the guitar from the interlude before, uh, floating. Um, the chorus is pretty solid, um, but the features the feature sounds way too nasal and doesn't fit the vibe of the instrumental. Uh, I, I I don't remember who is on this, and I'm waiting for the genius, uh, the genius articles to be put up for it. Um, so I don't really have the, the knowledge of that, um, but I really can't complain about RG on this. This was probably one of his best performances on the album as a vocalist. On to the next track, Need You. Uh, again, this is another quote-unquote indie experiment track. This was something I'd hear from one of my friend's bands, Morning Buzz. And they're, they're like pop indie, like indie pop uh, or bedroom pop, that sort of thing. Which I already feel like is very oversaturated, overdone, and really easy to replicate, kind of like a filler track. Um, it, uh, it's English and Spanish-oriented lyrics, which I know you know R.G. is of Hispanic uh, origin, Hispanic nationality, um, and so you know props. That's there's nothing to complain about. There's nothing to that's nothing to be excited about. You know, it's him expressing himself. There's no. I'm neutral. That's pretty cool. I'm glad he's, you know, he's putting that on record, um, and sticking to who he is. Um, the back and forth panned verse—that's that comes toward I believe the middle of the track. Like the only real verse, uh, it pans back and forth from left to right at random intervals and at certain words. It reminds me of "You" by Kendrick. And so I kind of felt that was uh, tied into the title as well, because the U is just the letter U, same as the U on Kendrick's project. Um, It was just decent. I wasn't really feeling much from it, and especially because it it felt like a filler track. Um, And I went to the next track, Running. I've been asked about this track a lot, ever since I said, hey, I listened to it, and I I wrote um, my review for it. And... um, you know, it's, it's soft synth plucks with a falsetto chorus vocals, you know He's heavily auto-tuned um, Very atmospheric. The movement is actually pretty good and Kid Cudi inspired for sure Those hums he was doing um, Kind of the vocal riffs he was trying to go for kind of letting it flow out of him very Kid Cudi inspired um, And funny how also Kid Cudi dropped Enter Galactic the same day as New Hollywood. Um, Just thought that was kind of cool. But um, that was a pretty good track. Um, Something that holds up to the imagery of this album. That's for sure. Now the next song, Sober. Yeah. um, The layered vocals sound really weird and oddly mixed compared to the other tracks of this project. So kind of threw me off a bit. Um, and it's basically the drug song of the album. Every Christian rapper um, who has ever had any sort of demon or any sort of uh, any sort of struggle in life or any sort of temptation that they constantly go through is that one song on every single project that they have, where they get down and dirty with the deepest part of it. Now, the sound of it is 80s type synth stabs, like you're running, supposed to emulate anxiety. Um, And I can uh, I can definitely say for sure um, this was not executed very well. And I, I know every single Christian rapper has this sort of moment, but it gets old, man. It just gets old. And I hate to see it coming from a dude like RG. He can talk about it, but, you know, he could have done something a little better about it. It came off real corny. This song came off extremely corny to me. And Paris on here, Paris Carriz, I can hardly hear him when the bass comes in, and that's a, I mean, minus two points for the mixing. It could have been done better. When the bass was not there, I could hear him perfectly. Um, keep in mind, I did listen to this in my car speakers as well as my um, my Apple AirPod Pros, and so I had a, a good mix reference. Um, the second feature does better than Paris overall, in expression and flow. I don't. Rem- I don't. Again, I don't know who was on sober. I don't know who that second guy is, but I know I recognize Paris very, very fondly. Um, the "I like me better when I'm sober" line that's in the chorus from RG, It's pretty. Again, that's pretty lackluster. Lackluster writing. Um, and it's another. There's another unneeded slowed beat switch. Extremely skippable ending. If I had to listen to this song, I'd be skipping the ending every single time to the next song that was not needed at all I feel like everybody starts the NchH likes to do that sort of thing now the next song is called already um now the only notes that I have for this is to refer to the song one right now by post Malone in the weekend it's the indie pop track basically another indie track and Nothing of substance in this that I could note. I tried to find something of substance and to really give praise to. But But anyways, it was a very forgettable moment, very forgettable song. And it was definitely meant for placements. That's what this felt like. It felt like a mainstream reach. Like they really tried to go for it, but it flopped so hard within my own ears. On to the next song, because there's nothing else good for that one. Um, Love You, which U is just the letter U. Um, Pretty boring guitar going on. Um, I felt really sleepy from boredom from this track. Um, Pretty washed out vocals uh, with reverb, delay, and chorus, which was definitely a different take, um, given a lot of the mixing on this album is pretty clean, cleanly mixed. Um... We got a Spanish second half, which again, he's sticking to his heritage, good stuff. Um, And a very, very, very Mike Dean-inspired guitar on the outro. I can't say I like it or I don't like it. All I'm saying is that it was a heavy inspiration from Mike Dean's craft. Um, And it felt like a near replication of something he would do uh, with, say, Donda. Now on to the next track, 285. Now, I don't know what 285 uh, is supposed to mean. I looked it up, and it's not actually an area code, so I don't know what that's supposed to be in reference to. It could be a Bible verse, but who knows? Uh, we won't really know until he says something about it. Um, this, uh, this was interesting. The Rising Wobbly synths were the, like the main lead, which I actually thought was really cool. Very different of RG To Do. Um, Extremely breathy vocals as well. And again, this is very different from everything else we've heard from the project. Um, Has the most interesting percussion on this album. Very interesting. Lots of... I mean, these were different sounds. These weren't normal hip-hop sounds at all. And they weren't basic. That's the best part. There was nothing basic about it. Um, Even though it was simplistic, there was nothing basic. Um... I think this was the best track of the album so far, uh, with the exception of the boring lyrics. It was very lackluster and overdone in CHH. Everything he was talking about was oversaturated and nothing I personally enjoyed. I enjoyed the production on this, so props to whoever produced this. Next song after this is Running 2. Uh, it's an instrumental interlude inspired by Kid See Ghost and Donda. Uh, the transition on it though wasn't executed very well into the next track, although on its own it was pretty good. Like, it was a transition track. There's nothing much I can say about it. Um, now we go into the track Hollywood. The intro for it is very wide and loud, like very, uh, instrumented, like orchestrated. You got everything going on. Which was pretty cool. It felt nice. It felt like I, I was in a in a hall, like an actual bass performance hall sort of thing. Uh, the, production, the production is the best on this, especially the lead that comes in uh, when it's time to start moving into RG's actual verse. Um, the lead that comes in is sort of a wub. And when that first hit, I was actually taken aback. That was impressive to me. I didn't think that could happen, but RG impressed me with that. Um, But the lyrics are nothing notable, they're pretty generic. Um, The vocal mixing is too quiet in the main section as well. I feel like his vocals were drowned out by the beat, although that's good and bad, considering I do really appreciate the production. Maybe that's what he was trying to put forth, was the production on this track. I really loved it, just the vocals were very generic and very pushed back in the mix. I feel like there should have been more of this main section. I felt it was too short and it was too much of the intro and outro which were which contained the same elements. Um, that's pretty much what I got from that one. Now the next song is called Kids Again. This brings back elements from the intro and outro from the previous track Hollywood. And it's considered the outro of the album. This should have been the last track. Um, and it closes with waves crashing just as the intro had. This was the bookend. Uh, new and Kids, again, were bookends for this project. And it was, it was a nice cap. It was a very nice cap to this project. Um, the intro and outro felt like it had done a good job. It had done a great job containing uh, this album together. But here's where the discrepancy happens. This whole time, we've been wondering where praise was in this project. Well, it comes right after this bookend. Not as a bonus track. Um, not as some sort of extended version. Not remix or anything. Put after the end of the album. When you're an artist and you have a lead single or multiple lead singles, it's, I don't feel it's wrong for me to say this at all. But I expect that those singles have some sort of substance within the project, contextually, if that makes sense. Praise should have been in the middle of the album. Kids Again and New are bookends. They were meant to be bookends. They were meant to open the album and close the album. But they put Praise, the song with like eight other people on it, After the album ending, like where it should have ended, now I have to listen to this song again. This song, let like single handedly, made the album feel bloated. The fact that it's six and a half minutes long, of just this, like a huge, a huge uh, posse cut of a bunch of different CHH artists talking about the same stuff. I really didn't like this song initially as a single and let alone it being on this project the one thing and I don't want to I don't want I don't want to say I like this but it reminded me of Jimmy Cook's from Honestly Nevermind from Drake Uh, Drake and 21 Savage it was the only feature on that project 21 Savage officially named and uh I I hate it. I don't like it. I really don't like this song. And the fact that it's the end of the project really gets on my nerves. The fact it came right after the actual ending. Wasn't labeled as a bonus track. Wasn't remixed. The same, like, it was the same exact track. I mean, considering if you look at Spotify, the same numbers are there uh, from when it initially released. So obviously the metadata carried over. They meant for that to be there. Um, The mixing for everyone and the beat is different from the rest of the album. So the track stands out like a sore thumb. And there was no reason this should be on the album at all. The track not only sucks, in my own opinion, it does not belong on the album. Should have stayed a single. And that would have made this album, it would have given it a couple more points if this song was not on the project. Because this let, like this single-handedly almost ruined the album for me. I, I have to judge an album as an album with everything in it, uh, very linear. I have to judge it that way. I can't judge it on shuffle, if that makes sense. I have to judge it, bas- I mean, I even just said, there are bookends to this. Obviously that's communicating. There's a through line here. Uh, there's a story that's being told, um, although I didn't really get much of that with my listens. I'll explain that in a minute. But this song, I cannot stress enough, should not have been on the project. And if it were to have been on the project properly, it would have been sometime before Kids Again, where that's intentionally a bookend, an end to an album, should have should have been before that. But that's all the tracks, that is, uh, how many tracks was that? That was, uh, 16 total tracks, uh, ending with 44 minutes, 57 seconds. So 40, 45 minutes long. Um, yeah, like I said, that song made it feel bloated. Um, if that song weren't there, it would have been reduced to about 38 minutes, 38 minutes, 39 minutes. Uh, that is a pretty solid record. Timing wise. Now comes the next section where I have my final thoughts on the project. I always come up with a thesis. I, I put my thoughts down in my notes about the album that I listened to for this very purpose to kind of round out my thoughts. I've gone over every single track, my thoughts on every single track. Now it's time to judge the album as a whole. And I'll also give my CHH and Secular rating. And because it's been so long, I need to reiterate. There is a reason why I separate two different ratings: a CHH rating and a secular rating. The being, the reason why, is because I need to. I can judge whether this is going to hold up in the CHH culture and whether it's going to hold up in the secular culture. There are two completely different cultures. If I were to put this album in either of those contexts, they will come out with different ratings. And CHH has a lot of stuff where it's way too CHH, or sometimes it blurs the line between CHH and Secular. And there's a couple artists that I can name, like Paris Kariz and Foggy Raw. Both of them do it really well where they aren't really considered CHH or Secular, they blur the line. But that's just an example. That's why I have two separate ratings. But I needed to mention that so I can give better reasoning as to why one rating is different than the other. Well, here goes my thesis. What should have I expected? Another quote-unquote massive CHH album that came out decent, but lackluster in its lyrical content. The production isn't the most inventive or innovative, with the exception of two or three tracks, and the bookends, not praise, they cap the album very nicely. Everything between the bookends is a mixed bag sound-wise. Some decent ideas, but also some not worth including. I see Reach Records' hands all over this, only allowing R G to experiment so little without soiling what could be mainstream hits and youth camp anthems. If I were to take this album by itself, it's a decent project. Some songs to take out of it and enjoy but with most as throwaways, and also no through-line theme for me to pick at and be intrigued by. Not that that docks points. I just think it's more enjoyable for me in that sense. But in RG's career, this was not worth the three-year wait since Raul, his 2019 project. I exited this album feeling better than I had initially expected, but I missed out on what could have been a game-changer in an oversaturated and boring CHH culture and sound of 2022. I give this album a CHH rating of 8 out of 10. But I give this album a secular rating of 3 out of 10. The reason why the huge jump compared to my normal two-point jump is because this album did a lot better for me than Christopher by Holvey. And if you go back on my podcast episodes, I did review Holvey Christopher. um, And that... I think there's a whole nother overarching theme to this. Um, With the exception of Indie Tribe. Comparing these two albums, it gives you a little bit of an insight into what Reach Records is doing. Not just their artists, but what Reach Records is doing. My philosophy, and I hope you'll agree with me, or at least understand, or agree to disagree, um, the more hands that are involved in a project of someone's making the less it's theirs. Now that could mean writers, that could mean audio engineers, that could mean producers, that could mean executive producers, management, uh, anything under the sun when it comes to music production and creation. Um, I really do think, and this is the same for like holvi they could have released better music. I don't think that they don't have the potential I think they have the, just the, an insane amount of potential, but Reach Records holds them back purposefully. And if it's not purposefully, it's more inadvertently, still, these artists are being held back by Reach, and it's inadvertently changing them and conditioning them to what mainstream CHH culture wants and what makes money. Like I said before, there were a couple of tracks on here that could have been easily taken out. And those are the tracks that either experimented too much and didn't do as well, or it was the mainstream grabs, cash grab songs that can be thrown out and burned. This is another example. But the reason why this got such a higher rating secular uh, than Christopher was because there was originality. I could see the experimentation RG was reaching towards. And he executed some of that extremely well. I was personally impressed. I didn't know a CHH artist could even do this. And that's just what I'm hearing. I know because I heard that, RG has so much more he can accomplish. And that's why I left this album feeling like I missed out. Something was missing. But as compared to Christopher, that album felt like song after song after song, heavily inspired by Juice World, Post Malone, uh, Kid Leroy, stuff like that. Like very inspired by the secular and all those sounds, wanting to be like that. But that's not to say I don't think Holvey has it in him in him as well. I know he has good music. I know he has original great music that everybody can enjoy. But the thing is, Reach Records, and this is my theory. You don't have to agree with it. This is my theory. These are my opinions. I think Reach Records purposefully holds these back because Christian hip-hop and the Christian audience is not ready. They're not ready for artists to be completely original. And it's been shown time and time again comparing unsigned artists to signed artists especially to reach and I'm not saying any others are doing the same thing because reach is the main uh main label at fault you see people like little limbo you see people like zanti you see people like i project you see other people like judo sammy you see people like trike you see other people uh doing their own thing and do they get attention have you heard of them before most likely not unless it's from me or some of my friends if you haven't heard those names before it's for a reason because if you're not signed in this culture you're not going anywhere unless you pave a way for yourself and i'm not saying that's not how secular works But because this subculture of hip-hop is so so put under a microscope and such a small, small, small pocket bubble within the massive, the huge, world-dominating culture that is hip-hop itself, we have a smaller pool to work with. And paving your own way with this on your own is much more put under a microscope and intense and hard to work through unless you fit the mainstream if you fit the mainstream you're gonna make it because fans will eat that up labels see that and see you as a money opportunity because you fit their image you fit their style their audience is gonna eat up whatever those artists put out that's how i feel about some of these i still see i still see reach loosening their grip a little bit with rg they didn't have it as loose for Christopher uh, Holby's Christopher, but they had it a little, a little more loose for R- 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 What Up RGS New Hollywood because of the alternative production, uh, the experimentation going on, and I'm actually surprised they let him talk about drug use in the song "Sober." Even though I personally didn't enjoy that, I didn't see that, see it like this. I've never seen it like this happen. On a CHH label standpoint of Reach Records' stature and image, I give props to What Up RG, especially when it comes to CHH. Now, I'm not saying I came out enjoying it completely. Again, like I mentioned in my thesis, there are certain songs I can take out and there are certain songs I will absolutely throw away. I personally did not leave the album liking it. I left the album missing something. I left the album wanting more. I left the album wishing that there could have been something different. But I'm not placing blame on RG, I'm placing blame on Reach Records. I know RG can do better than this. He's a great, gifted, talented artist, but the label itself and everything that they put out and they have their hands in, something gets ruined something that's held back. And I know there's a lot of people who agree with me on this. And I'm very happy that I can express it on here for you to hear and hopefully agree. But that's all I had to say for this project. I hope I've expressed my listening experience of New Hollywood to you in the best way possible. Um, Once again, I want to thank you for listening uh, and being there and hopefully understanding what I have to say <laughs> um, but yeah um, that was new Hollywood by what up RG his third record second record I won't know his third record under Reach records. Um, I just want to let you know I love you all. I pray that you're all having a great night uh, when this releases and um, I'm hoping to see more. I'm gonna be doing more of these as more anticipated albums come out. Um, For the last time, thank you for listening. And this is the Note Extractions Podcast.